you're tired of the standard business and marketing fundamentals, frameworks, and funnels, <laughs> you need a little mischief. Get ready to turn up the volume on the CEO Mischief Maker podcast, where you access conversations with seasoned business owners who have smashed through mindset barriers, innovated the standard boring business and marketing playbooks, and executed future-paced strategies with bleeding-edge tools and tactics to micro-fail their way into massive success and growth. We are Mindset Impact Strategic Catalysts, helping innovative entrepreneurs focus. We are CEO Mischief Makers. Ready to make a little mischief? Hey, hey, CEO Mischief Makers. It must be Friday and it must be my favorite day of the week because I love getting down in the weeds. I really do. And who better to do that with than Mr. Nathan Hirsch? Nathan, welcome back to the conversation. Let's dive into it. So first, I have got to tell you, if you haven't listened to Monday and Wednesday's episode, you got to go do that because we progress in this story each episode. And now we're going to talk about a gentleman who's built four successful businesses, many failures along the way, many lessons along the way, but has had to build and create processes, create systems, create strategies and tactics or adopt them that have created the success that you've seen. So with that in mind, let's dive into the marketing and the SEO and podcasts and all those things that you used to promote the business that you and Connor created. Take me from, obviously, Amazon kind of did a lot of that for you, but you still had to do a lot of it, especially in the beginning. You had to find the books. You had to you know, get them from the other students and sell them and then find other products and drop ship and do that process. But then how did you build? How did you get the word out? What was, first off, the strategy? Was it different for each business or was it the same? Yeah. So with the Amazon business, it was different because when we were selling on Amazon, there wasn't even PPC. So a lot of it was listing products and hoping Amazon would, would get you the sale. The way that we did marketing was really on the getting manufacturers. We wanted to work with as many manufacturers as possible. So we would do research on the top manufacturers in every category, baby, toy, home. And then we would look for their contact information. We'd make a database of all their contact information. And then we'd make different sales pitches, different types of emails and, and test those out and do mail merges each day to reach out to them. From there, we would schedule calls with them and, and test out different sales pitches and, and what would work. And a lot of that was practice for what we do in the future, where we were actually doing B2B. So when we started FreeUp, it was very similar. We, we started off looking for as many different e-commerce sellers, contact information as we could, building a sales pitch that a lot of people gave us a lot of props for just because it was, it was very clean. And I'm not even sure if I could remember it now, but it was down pat where after 30 seconds, you knew what we did and what our value proposition was. And then on the, the marketing side, that's where we have a system that we've applied for free up. We've applied it for outsource school. We've applied it for econ balance. And it starts off with partnerships. We look for other people in the space who are hopefully bigger than us that have the same audience, but do something completely different. So with free up, we provided VAs and freelancers. So we would go to Helium 10, a software company and say, hey, you guys provide Amazon software. We provide Amazon VAs and freelancers. Can we partner and we'll promote you to our audience and, and vice versa. Then we would put out different content, that different blog articles, different videos on our YouTube channel. This is our own content that we're putting out there. This is where posting on social media would come and 
I would spend half a day writing out all my social media posts for the next month. And every day I would just copy and paste them and throw them into, into my feed. And we were able to just get a lot of traction and awareness through that. The next is influencers. These are people that have their own Facebook group. They're known in the space. They post on social media a lot. They might have their own blog. They might have their own podcast, whatever it is. And a lot of these kind of go back and forth with each other, but we would try to network with them and see if there was any way that we could help them. A big thing that I did is as I started to rack up podcasts, I would say, hey, do you want a list of every podcast I've ever been on and their contact information? Boom, easy. Like just an easy way to add value and help them. And and they started to trust us and promote us naturally. Podcasts, which were huge. I remember going on my first podcast and being amazed that, that people wanted to listen to me and were actually going to our site and, and driving traffic. And so for a while, I, I went on as many podcasts as I possibly could. I remember one week back in my hustling days, I went on five podcasts a day, five days in a row. I did 25 podcasts in a week because that's what it took to get the word out there of this business that I cared about. So through those those different things, the partnerships and the content swaps, the, the influencers, the, the podcasts, those things are kind of the foundation of everything that we do from a marketing standpoint. And once you get those things down, then you can add on Google retargeting or Facebook ads or, or building out your funnel more or experimenting with different sales pitch. But you want to figure out how do I get in front of where my audience is? And to us, that's the core of any business. Yeah, I get it. Instead of many people, especially people who are uncomfortable, because I I can imagine you and Connor are different. So Connor's probably less comfortable in front of camera. Is that correct? It is, but he's way better at like actual marketing. So like he'll do a lot of the SEO stuff. He'll write the content. He's, He's great at that stuff. I'll build a lot of the partnerships and stuff like that. And I'll go on camera and be the face, but behind the scenes, he knows what he's doing when it comes. Yeah. And so that's a lot of the people that I work with and that I train through bot Academy and a lot of people I work with in messenger funnels, but specifically training in bot Academy, they don't want to do that front work. They would much rather sit behind their computer, building the funnels, figuring out how the conversation works, doing all the marketing, but then trying to actually drive people to that funnel is the biggest difficulty. And they're either going to do that with ads, but they're not going to do that with very much content because it's not natural for them. Is there any advice you would give them to just do it anyway? (laughs) So what I like to do is create numbers in a system that you do first thing every morning. So this works for me. I like to get up before everyone else and I have a list. I'm going to reach out to three blogs. I'm going to reach out to three influencers. I'm going to send three LinkedIn messages, three Facebook messages, three Instagram messages to people in the e-commerce space to try to set up networking calls. And I'm going to reach out to three podcasts. And now I have a VA do it. But for years, I did that myself for the first 30 minutes of every single day. And I mean, if you wake up every day and for the first 30 minutes, you're reaching out to three blogs, three people on each social media channel, three podcasts and three influencers, before other people wake up, you're doing more than, than half of them are going to do in, in outreach every single day. And you're going to get rejected a ton. That, that's part of it. I mean, you can't let that hurt you. And you can reach out to people on different channels. You can follow up with them after six months, and they might not even remember that you ever reached out before. You can try different creative ways, like sending them a video or a gift or whatever it is. So for me, it's more about the consistency than anything else. If you're doing it one day and then the next three days you're not, and then you go back to doing it 
To me, that doesn't work. It's, hey, five days a week, every single morning, this is the first thing I'm going to do every single day. And if you do that for three months, you're going to learn what works and what doesn't work. You're going to have different successes. You're going to connect with that next big person. There was a guy in the e-commerce space. I think he's retired, but his name's Ben Cummings. And through my consistency, I got in touch with him and he thought free up was the best thing ever. He tried us out. He promoted us to his audience. And for two days, we just got nonstop emails and phone calls from his audience. And that was really the, the game changer for free up. From that point forward, we took off and that was just a little bit of luck and consistency. He saw our email and happened to respond to us that day and, and not ignore us. So there is that, that consistency that, that's super important. Yeah. And so tell me how you did the research to decide who to contact in those platforms. I mean, you didn't just go open up Instagram and just start looking at the first three people you saw. What about that? Because there's a process to that as well. You had to research who to connect for those three people. Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. I mean, going on podcasts, you can open up Apple podcasts and look at the top hundred podcasts in different business categories and, and Google their contact information. You can Google podcast lists. There's tons of blog articles with the top 20 e-commerce podcasts, the top 20 FBA podcasts or dropshipping podcasts or whatever your target market is. For influencers, you can do something similar. You can go on Facebook and type in keywords. And when you find an influencer, see who they're friends with and dig into their profiles and see what their companies are. A lot of influencers are connected with other influencers. There's a lot of just Googling and, and trial and error. And there's different lists you can look up online, whether they're directories or different blog articles that have the top 20 Instagram influencers in this space. And, and you can use those. And you shouldn't do it blindly, but there's a certain amount of trial and error where, hey, you reach out to these 20 people and, and that didn't work. Maybe you try something different the next day, but that's kind of how I progressed through it. Yeah. And thank you for that because there are different processes and someone sitting in the audience listening to this going, okay, that's great. I can reach out, but how do I decide who? So those are, those are situations that you have to figure out as you go through it, your brand is going to need to connect with a different person than Nathan's brand, than my brand. And I'm telling you, if you do that little bit of research, a little bit of trial and error, don't get stuck in the research phase and thinking that I've got to make it perfect. I've got to find the, the perfect people and I can't move forward until I find those people. Don't get stuck there because if you get stuck there, you'll never move forward. Just do it. Just go out and contact people and try and find different ways. And I know Nathan and I, he's contacted me with the different businesses that he's started, Outsource School and Ecom Balance. And it's basically just a, hey, I'm doing this thing and I would love your feedback. I would love your participation. Can we have a chat? It really is that. It's really talking about what he's doing, but valuing my time and valuing my audience as a potential value that he can provide to them. And can we have a conversation? It's always about that relationship with Nathan. And I, and I think that I have to just say that that is one of the reasons I think you have been so successful is because you do reach out. You are genuine. You do say, how can I help your audience? And at the same time, have you helped me build this business so that we can help more people together? Yeah. What so I, I try to reach out in a persistent, but not pushy and not rude way. And if someone rejects me or whatever it is, I'm not going to be rude back. I'm going to appreciate their time. I'm going to thank them for their time responding. Like if I reached out to you and you're like, Hey, Nate, we've already worked together a bunch of times. Like I'm busy with something else or whatever. 
like, great. I appreciate you responding. Hopefully we can work together in the future. If I can help you in any way, let me know and I'm happy to do it. And there's been times where I had to, to suck up my pride and dignity. I've had people that rejected me for years. And the second I did something great, they reached out to me asking for something and I was nice about it. And, and I got it. We're all busy. We have all stuff going on. Like I don't remember every single person I've ever talked to. There's probably been people that I've said no to because I've been busy that down the line, I might say yes to. This happened recently this year where someone had a different name on different social media channels, which I didn't know. He rejected me and I reached out to him on a different channel and he was not very happy that I did that. And so I ended up seeing him at a conference I was at. And the first thing I did was I sucked it up. I walked over and I just said, hey, man, I just wanted to apologize. And I gave him a quick apology, shook his hand and he was very, very nice. And, and I walked away and he messaged me the other day saying that he couldn't believe that, that I did that and it showed what kind of person I am or, or whatever. And hopefully I, I made up for my mistake there. So the key isn't being perfect. The key is being consistent, recognizing when you make mistakes, being polite, always being the bigger person. And, and don't be afraid to apologize if you do push it too far, because I'd rather push it slightly too far than not push it enough. You're going to get way more opportunities by pushing it a little bit too far. Yeah, I agree 100%. I remember a time when I was first starting Messenger Funnels where I was so excited. I was just just on a high with this whole chatbot thing and I just knew everybody needed to know about it. And so I was contacting all my friends on Facebook and just sending them DMs and, oh my gosh, I've got to talk to you about this thing and it's so amazing. And one of the gals that I contacted, I remember it so clearly because it was such a slap in the face. She's like, is this really you or has your account been hacked? Cause I, I kind of feel like, you know, it's kind of feeling like you're spamming me or something. I'm like, oh my God, that's not at all what I was trying to do, but yes, it's me. And, you know, totally apologized. That's not the way I, I intended to come off at all. I'm just so excited about this. I just had to share. So I tempered it after that a little bit, but I was still way excited and just kept, kept moving forward, kept pushing as much as I could to get people to understand this, this new thing that I was doing. So yeah, I agree. And it's all about those relationships. You never, ever know when one of the connections that you make early on is going to really blossom into an opportunity for both of you sometime in the future. Do you remember some of those specifically that blossomed, you know, like the one you mentioned with Ben, have there been others like that where they just all of a sudden allowed for opportunities that you just weren't expecting? Yeah. I mean, tons. Like I mentioned that there are podcast people that have rejected me for like five times. And now I've been on their show three times and they've reached out to me for content to ask me back for different ventures. And there's different relationships and people I run into at conferences who I helped in the past and free up or, or whatever it is. And there are people that, that had a bad experience with free up, but they like how I handled it and they're willing to trust me and use them for other experiences. So you kind of get the, I guess the full circle, but for me, I kind of stick with like, hey, I'm going to provide you the best possible service. I'm going to do everything possible that it works out, that our partnership works out, that I provide good value to your audience. And if I mess up, I'm going to apologize. If I really mess up, I'm going to make it right. And no matter what, like I've had clients who have screamed at me and I've just been the bigger person and they ended up being great clients that worked with me for, for years and they were just having a bad day or, or whatever it is. So yeah, stuff like that happens all the time. I just love you so much. I just got to say it. Every time I get to talk to you, it's just a, a revelation for me. Is there any last bit of advice you would give people listening to us now about the strategies and tactics 
that they are trying to use and implement in their business? Any last words on really the down and dirty daily stuff and how they can just keep doing it no matter how difficult it might be? I like to just share our journey as we go, whether it's social media or our newsletter or going on podcasts. So and we're honest, like when we're hire people, we'll let people know when we're working on our next project, like figuring out our pricing formula. We, we tell people what's going on behind the scenes. When we make a mistake, like we hired an integration person. Integration is after someone signs up, before we can start doing their books, we need to get certain access. And it's an important role because we want that to be a good experience and easy for the client. And the first person we hired didn't work out. We replaced them. The, the second person has been great. And we've just been honest about our journey. It, it's not about being perfect. It's about really sharing with people what's going on. And I mean, Econ Balance could go out of business and we would be upfront and honest about it and make sure all our clients are taken care of. And, and that's just kind of life. Hopefully that doesn't happen, but we try to share all the highs, all the lows, and just be honest across the board. And I think it's a long-term play, but you, you build a lot of trust with your audience if you do that. Okay, hold on. If your mindset was shifted, you were inspired to innovate and you were spurred into action, don't just move on with your day. Focus, my friend, and take a few minutes to visit ceomischiefmaker.com to learn more about the value that was shared with you today. Please act now and create some CEO mischief of your own.